Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I'm going to have you stand to your feet, and we are finishing up today our, the Christmas story. And one thing, I, you know, we're, we're all about traditions in our family when it comes. I don't know about you, but we have traditions in our family that we do every Christmas. And one of the traditions we have is that in our nativities, there's no Jesus in the nativity until Christmas Day. And so Christmas Day, the very first gift we open is Jesus. And we... Kyrie now has taken over that. My grandson, he opens up the first gift. He places Jesus in the manger, and it gets him in the mindset of understanding what Christmas really is all about, that it's not just about ripping gifts open, but that they understand it's about Christ, that he's the greatest gift to ever come. And you know what? Greater than Lazarus raising from the dead, greater than the Red Sea being open, to me, the greatest miracle of all is that God being contained in a human body. That, that literally the flesh didn't blow up off of him when Jesus entered in to this child. That I, I want to encourage you today that the greatest gift you're ever going to give, it wasn't about Mary being pregnant with Jesus. It was about Mary delivering Jesus. That was the true gift. And so it's not about you receiving Christ. It's about you sharing Christ is what Christmas is truly, really all about. Amen. If you turn your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew chapter 1, as you're turning there, uh, we're doing the Christmas story because uh, every Christmas, one of the other things that we always do, we always watch a Christmas story. How many have ever watched the, a Christmas story? Little Ralphie trying to get his Red Ryder BB gun. Uh, he's going to shoot his eye out if he doesn't. That 24 hours a day, it plays on Christmas Eve. It's playing on TNT, and they'll, they'll show it all day. And we will watch it at least one time because that's just part of our tradition, something that we do. And as you watch these things, I don't want to talk to you about a Christmas story. I want to talk to you about the Christmas story. And we've been sharing about four women that were part of the lineage of Jesus, where we started off with a lady by the name of Tamar who posed as a prostitute in order to be, find herself in the lineage of the family. Then we have Rahab, who was a prostitute, that now finds herself as the mother of Boaz, who becomes the kingsman redeemer to another lady in the lineage of Christ by the name of Ruth, who is a Moabite. And she's a Moabite widow and she ends up being in the lineage of Christ. And then the Bible tells about another lady, and we didn't cover her, but a lady by the name of Bathsheba. In fact, the Bible doesn't even mention her by name. It just mentions her as Uriah's wife. She's not even mentioned, but she becomes the mother of Solomon. And through the lineage there, you find Christ coming from one other woman by the name of Mary. And today I want to talk to you about a young lady by the name of Mary. And if you turn your Bibles with me to Matthew chapter 1, I want to read to you in verse 16. It says, And Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. You may be seated this morning. 
As you're seated this morning, I want to read another scripture to you in Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. I love the way the message version puts it. It says, I know what I'm doing. Come on, somebody. I know what I'm doing. You may feel like your life is jacked up, that things are taking some wrong turns. God knows exactly what he's doing in the middle of your situation. I know what I'm doing. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future and the hope, the hope that you had in the, the hope you have. Now, I want you to understand this. The Bible Bible says, I know the plans. Everyone say plans. He doesn't say, I know the plan for you. Because God doesn't have just one plan. He knew that you were going to make some choices that were going to get you offline. God took into account your bad decisions, your sin, your attitudes, your, your, your mess ups. God took all that into account before he made the plans for your life. So he's already included your failure. In fact, I want to tell you this this morning. You're not powerful enough to destroy the plans of God over your life. Come on, say it again, Pastor. You are not powerful enough to change God's plans for your life. You may try to, dis to mess it up. You may try to get off track, but God has a plan for your life. That word plan means that God has literally thought about you, that God has sat down and he planned out every step of your life, that God ordained your step. The Bible says that the steps of a righteous man are ordained by God. And I need you to know that even if you make a bad turn, like GPS, God will reroute you to get you back to where you're supposed to be. I want you to understand that when Jesus comes and we, he's introduced to us in the book of Matthew through Mary, that's not his introduction to humanity. Jesus was not an afterthought. In fact, Jesus was the answer all the way back in Genesis chapter 3. Jesus is spoken about in Genesis 3.15. After Adam and Eve sinned, God had already planned how he was going to redeem mankind. And he says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He will bruise your head and you will bruise his heel. The, another version says he will crush your head and he, you will bruise his heel. In other words, this, that Jesus was going to come through a woman. Now, I need you to understand that women don't have seed. Throughout the word of God, you find the seed of Abraham, the seed of Isaac, the seed of Jacob. And every time you see the word seed, it refers to the father. That's the one that gives the seed to the woman that brings about the child. Women don't have seed. They have egg. And it's the sperm that fertilizes that egg that brings about a child. But in Genesis chapter 3, we see it's already prophesied that Jesus is going to come through a virgin, through a woman, through her seed. Women don't have seed. God was going to overshadow her and God had already planned that he was going to defeat Satan all the way back in the book of Genesis. Jesus is not the afterthought. Jesus is the first thought. Come on, somebody say amen. Now, Mary's yes became yes to redemption of all mankind. And I want to share just three things very quickly with you about Mary. Number one, I want you to understand this. Mary had a plan. How many of you have plans? Well, after this, where are you going after church? Target. Target. <laughs> Shopping. <laughs> where are you going? Home? Where, where else? You? Family. Family. What was food for less? 
shopping. <laughs> Niner game tomorrow. I, I want you to understand something. When we talk about, we all have plans in our life. And I want you to recognize that word plan means to think, to, to a thought, a plan, an in, inter, invention, or an intention. See, a plan is when thoughts are turned into action. You plan things out, where you're going to go, what you're going to do, how you're going to get there. And I want you to understand that, that God didn't just create you, God planned you. Say it again, Pastor. God didn't just create you. He planned you. He invented you. See, God has a purpose, and he wraps a person around that purpose. Whenever there's something God wants accomplished on earth, he finds a purpose, and then he wraps a person around it and then introduces it to the world. You're here because there's a purpose on your life. You're here because God has a plan over your life. You're not here by accident. But I need you to understand that we all have plans in life. We all have plans, and Mary was no different until the angel showed up. Mary had a plan to get married. She had her, her, her hope chest. Uh, you know, I was joking with my sister when we were kids. She had her hope chest, and I was like, girl, that's a hopeless chest. You ain't never getting married. And luckily, she, she found, I was just kidding, she's beautiful. She found a, a great guy, my, my brother-in-law, Randy, just top shelf guy, just amazing, amazing. Me, me and my sister lucked out in our spouses. But I want you to understand, Mary was no different. Mary had a plan, but that plan was no different. Mary had plans. She was going to get married, have some kids. She was going to have a house. She had everything all planned out when she got engaged. That was until the angel showed up. I need you to understand, you got plans plans in your life until God shows up. You got plans in your life until God, the angel of the Lord shows up and says, I got something better for you. I've got something I'm about to do in your life. I got something that I'm about to invite you to. And so the book of Proverbs says in Proverbs 14, 12, but there's a way that seems right to a man, but its way leads to death. Proverbs 19, 21 says, many are the plans of a man's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose. As someone shout purpose. It's the Lord's purpose that prevails. God's purpose will always prevail over your plans. Some of you have some good plans, but you know what? I don't want good plans. I want God plans. I want God's plan for my life. And so the Bible says that when the angel of the Lord appeared to Mary, that she was distressed. Now, she was distressed by the greeting the angel gave her. Blessed are you among women. She wasn't freaked out that an angel showed up. She was freaked out by the greeting the angel gave. That shows how close to God she was. She has an angel show up in the middle of her house, and she's not freaked out by an archangel standing in front of her and talking to her. She's freaked out by, blessed are you among women. The Bible says it threw her into confusion. The word is only used in this instant. It's not used anywhere else in the Bible that she's stirred up, she's disturbed. I want you to know that when God shows up at times in your life, he will disturb your thinking. He will change your thinking. He will cause you at times. It won't always give you peace. It won't always make you comfortable. Sometimes the word of God will stir you up. It'll mess you up. It'll mess up your relationships. It'll break some bondages. It'll get you out of some circles because when God shows up all of a sudden your plans change oh come on somebody say amen it's 
some God encounters, we all like, but God show up. You don't want God to show up. You say you want God to show, God show up in my marriage, show up with my kids. God, God will come in there. You see, we always have the picture of Jesus just loving on people. You know he did flip over some tables. And Jesus needs to show up at some of y'all's houses and start throwing over some tables. Make a whip and start putting some people in order. You know, when we were kids, my dad would just sit there at church, and we were messing around. This is all my dad would do. Some of y'all don't know what that means in this generation. Y'all never been introduced to a belt. And that's why some of y'all are jacked up, because you need to be introduced to a belt. The Bible says, spoil the, spare the rod and spoil the child. My dad, all he had to do was just touch his belt and we we were straight because we knew the moment he unbuckled it, it was no going back. You couldn't beg him not to whip you. You couldn't ask him not to whip you. The moment he touched his belt and it, the, the, he started pulling on it, it was done. It was over. It was through. You see, I want you to understand that our thoughts must be disruptive before God changes our lives. That's why he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Everyone say number two. So number one is this, that, that we all have plans. Number two, God doesn't always show up at a convenient time. Oh, come on. God doesn't show up at a convenient time. For, for most of us, we feel like God shows up late. Or God shows up at a time that you're not expecting him to show up. And that's exactly what happens to Mary. God's timing seems bad. Like you couldn't have shown up before I got engaged. You, you couldn't have shown up after I got married. You couldn't have shown up later on where, where there, there wouldn't be rumors and innuendos going on about me, about Mary the slut, Mary getting pregnant, about them about to, to stone me. You, you couldn't have just came a little later or a little earlier. And see, I need you to understand, while Mary's preparing for a wedding, she, she says yes to God. And then after she says yes, she realizes this is going to cause some problems. Maybe, maybe I made a little bit too big of a commitment here. And all of a sudden, Mary didn't understand that what she saw as an interruption was actually an invitation. You need to understand that sometimes the interruptions in your life are actually an invitation of God that he's about to do something in your life. Jesus, God literally invited Mary to be part of the redemption process. She literally, he, he literally invited her to be part of the very thing that would introduce salvation to the whole world. Mary's yes brought deliverance to a whole world. I need to know, I need you to, I just need to know today, what if your yes can do? What can your yes do? If you said yes to God today and gave God your fullness, that you allowed God to be conceived in you, to grow inside of you, and then you delivered him, what could change if you said yes to God today? God's interruptions are actually God's invitations. And God's still doing the same thing today. Look at Luke chapter 1, verse 30. The angel tells Mary, don't be afraid. After she's thrown into confusion, don't be afraid, the angel told her. You found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. 
Now, notice this. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and to his kingdom there will be no end. Man, what a promise. How can you say no to that? No, no, I think I'll pass. (laughs) My son's going to be great now. But you know what? The problem is this. Mary said yes to the promise, but she didn't know the process. She didn't understand the process she was saying yes to. It was all great while Jesus was doing miracles and healing people. But what was she going through when she stood at the foot of the cross and saw her son that she said yes to the angel being beaten, being abused, being crucified, hanging and suspended between heaven and earth with the whole wooden world, the whole nation calling him down and seeing her son breathe his last on the cross. I guarantee you that if Mary knew the process, she probably would have said no. Because I don't know a mother, I don't know a father that would want to watch their child go through hell just to bring heaven to someone else. I can imagine Mary standing at the foot of the cross wondering, what is going on here? You never told me this was the process. You never told me this was going to happen. When you say yes to God, there's going to be some process you go through. There's going to be some pain connected to the promise. I want you to notice this number three. Everyone say number three. Pastor Vince, if you help me. God's purpose is different than your plans. Everyone say that with me. God's purpose is different than my plans. Mary's plan was to get married, but God's purpose was her to carry and deliver the Savior. Some of you, your your plans are to get rich, to buy a house, to get married. But God uses your plans to push you towards his purpose. When we find Joseph who had a dream... He had a dream of his wheat standing up and his brother's wheat bowing down before him. He had a dream that his stars shone brighter and all the other stars of his family bowed down before him. That was the dream. His brothers would bow before him, but that was the dream he had. God used the dream to push him towards his destiny. His dream was them bowing. The destiny was to save the nation of Israel and Egypt through a young man by the name of Joseph in his dream. Your dream is just what God uses to drive you to his purpose. God doesn't hide your desires. I want you to see this, that Mary couldn't understand the process. I'm going to have a child? But wait a minute, look what she says in verse 34. How can this happen? I'm a virgin. When God gives you a promise, some of you are saying, how can that happen? God, I've been an addict all my life. How can I have a great marriage? My marriage has been jacked up since we we said yes to each other. How can God save my family? My sons are lost. My girls are lost. My family's falling apart. How can God get me out of debt? How is God going to heal my body? The doctor said that I got stage four cancer. Many of you are facing impossible situations right now in this circumstance. 
circumstance, but I need you to know that no matter how bad the situation may be, you might not understand the process. But you don't need to understand the process in order to receive the promise. Mary said, how can this be? We all face impossible situations in life. I love what the angel tells her. Mary, nothing. 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 What about my marriage? Nothing. What about forgiving that person? Nothing. What about loving that individual? Nothing. What about moving on past that hurt? Nothing. What about my family? Nothing. What about my marriage? Nothing. He says nothing. What about my trust, my belief? What about my my, my health? Nothing. They say there's no hope. Nothing shall be impossible with God. What are you facing today? Some of you right now are saying, Pastor, I'm just praying that God changes my spouse. <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> you can't change your spouse, but God can. In fact, let me take it a step even closer farther can God change my spouse no but he can change you we get so caught up on what they're not doing that we forget our responsibility I love when Pastor Darwin was here with his wife and after the kind of life they went through through drugs through Uh, just the, the party lifestyle, the womanizing that he was doing, he asked his wife, would you ever divorce me? And her response was, was so mind-blowing to me. Her response was no. Not because I love you, but because I made a covenant with God. Oh, you, you, you didn't hear me. I made a covenant with God. And if I walk away from you, I'm walking away from my covenant that I made with God. I'm all in on this because I'm committed to God. And if I believe in God, God can bring about anything because nothing, someone say nothing, shall be impossible with God. See, see uh, as I close this morning, this is what I want you to understand. Genesis 3.15 Her seed. Everyone say her seed. her seed. You know what that tells me? That I don't need another man or another individual to believe in what God told me in order for it to come true. In other words, I don't need another person to fertilize my dream. Me and God are enough. 
I came to tell someone this morning, you don't need a man to agree with God to what God told you. You don't need someone else to walk up and say, okay, what God said, I'm going to support. You don't have to support me. You don't have to get behind me. In fact, you don't have to even believe in what God told me. But me and God are enough. If God said yes, then all I need is God's yes because God can fertilize my seed. God can fertilize my egg. God can bring about my promise in my life. I don't need a person. I don't need you to agree that when I see this church blowing the doors off of and us in a new facility, I don't need you to believe in that. When I see people getting healed and saved and transformed, I don't need you to believe in that. When I see miracle signs and wonders happening, I don't even need you to believe in that. Why? Because me and God are enough. I believe that God is able to do the exceedingly abundantly above and beyond anything I can think or ask. Mary says, I love this one. She closes this out. When she asks, how can this be? She wasn't asking about the process. She wasn't, I mean, she wasn't questioning the promise. You go ahead, Lori. She wasn't questioning the promise. She was questioning the process. Let me tell you this. I don't care how spiritual you are. You cannot pray out the process in your life. You have to go through the process in order to bring out the promise. You can't pray. Even Jesus, Father, let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Not even Jesus could pray out the process. You have to go through the process. Mary wasn't questioning the promise. She was asking how. There's nothing wrong with asking God how. How are you going to heal my marriage? How are you going to save my kids? Lord, how are you going to heal my body? How are you going to bring my family back together again? Lord, how are you going to bring me? How are you going to change my heart and bring me to a deeper relationship with you? Mary responds in Luke 1.38. If you would stand to your feet as we read this scripture. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you've said about me come true. As I close this morning, I just have a simple question for you. What if you made this your prayer in 2024? Lord, whatever you said about me, let it come true. Whatever promises in your word, let it come true to me. Whatever promise you have for my family, my marriage, my kids, my community, let it come to me. Lord, whatever your mind is, let it come to me. Whatever your will is, let it take place for me, God. Lord, whatever you've declared, let it happen to me. Lord, let your will be done. Lord, right now, Lord, let it be unto me. Let, another version puts it this way. Let it be unto me as you have said. Whatever you've spoken, yes. Whatever you want for me, yes. Whatever you decreed for me, yes. Does anyone have a yes for God today? Obedience is up to me. All I have to do is say yes. Outcome is up to God. It's up to God to bring things about. 
Christmas started with a yes. The problem is many of us in this room have given God a maybe. Or wait, we'll see. But I want to challenge you before we even get into 2024, let's start with a yes. Just yes, God. What am I saying yes to? Just like Mary, you're saying yes to delivering Jesus. Not just carrying him. Some of you are good at carrying him. But you're not, you haven't delivered him yet. What good would it have been for Mary to carry Jesus but not deliver him? Got a 33-year-old Jesus in the womb still. That's the thing. Some of y'all have been in Christ for so long. Christ has been in you for so long, but you haven't delivered him to anyone yet. As Pastor Vince begins to sing this song, we're going to be handing out candles to you all. I'm going to ask if the ushers can bring me a candle. Before we light candles, if you could just bring me one candle. And I want to show you the power of delivering Christ. Thank you, Tom. Is that your personal lighter? I want to show you the power of light. As my wife and Pastor Kat come over, I want you to notice something. You can come on this side, babe. Pastor Kat right here. I'm going to share my light with them. And as I share my light with them, I want you to notice something. hasn't taken anything away from my light. Stay lit, girl. Stay lit. By sharing light, it doesn't take anything away from you. Your light still shines bright. And I want you guys to go and now share it with others. And I want you to see what happens that as we sing this song, as you share your light with others, I want you to see what ends up taking place. Pastor Vince. Sorry. 
day we thank you for the light of the world that that one light that was introduced set ablaze just many other hearts in the process and today my God we say yes as a body we say yes as a family we say yes Lord whatever it is that you desire for our lives Lord we say yes every promise yes Lord, every blessing, yes. Every promise, yes. That means every process we go through, yes. We're ready, God. Lord, we're tired of going through the same motions and ending up in the same place. Lord, we want to break the cycle today. And we decree that you are the light of the world. And you've made us the light of the world. Lord, you didn't call us the lightning of the world. You called us the light, consistent not flashy, one and done. Cause people to be scared for a moment or ooh and ah for a moment, then disappear. You called us to be the light. And this year, this Christmas, as we go with our families, let us be the light. In Jesus' name. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash CWC Bay Area.